Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm K.W. Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And this week, we're talking about our end of year favorite pop culture stuff from 2021. Yeah, I can't believe it's the end of the year already. I know. I I don't even know what month it is. Like, (laughs) I was looking back at stuff that I consumed this year, and I'm like, wait, that was like three years ago, but no. (laughs) No, it was this year. No, that was this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this year was longer than 2020, I think. Yeah, which is good, I think. I don't know. <laughs> At this point, it's hard to tell. Uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, so it was an interesting exercise to go back through what we've watched and read and listened to this year. Yeah. What, what do you want to tackle first? Well, what about, do you have some books? Like, do you know how many books you've read? I know you keep track on Goodreads like I do, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. I close my Goodreads, but <laughs> I, think I'm, I think I'm at like 43 or something. Sweet. That's great. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. I'm only at 26. We're recording this a little bit before the the real holiday season. I'm only at 26. I read a lot of articles this year. Actually, I lied. I'm at 39. Sorry. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Articles count. Yeah. Not for Goodreads, but they count for reading. Not for Goodreads. Yeah. I feel like there should be a thing on Goodreads for the reading challenge where you can like say, all right, I just read the fifth of five very large articles that should count as one book. Absolutely. And also like, what about all the fan fiction I read, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Man, there's, I even just read an article. See, look at me reading an article all the time about there's like a there's like a Harry Potter fanfic that's like 800,000 words long. Oh, my God. And people are like, it's even better than the real books. And you're not giving money to J.K. Rowling that way. Oh, and my gosh. Like part of me is like, I kind of want to read that. But then I'm like, there are, I mean, so many, I don't know, there's so much good stuff that mm-hmm. it's hard to. And I read so slowly that it's like, if I'm going to read an 800,000 word fanfic, <laughs> Even though I like Harry Potter, I might want it to be in a fandom that I'm a little bit more invested yeah, in. Yeah, that makes sense. Because that's, yeah. That's a lot of words. It's <laughs> a lot of words. This person made no money from that. Like, yeah. good for you. I hope, whatever. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. Just for, for context, because writers talk about thousands of words a lot, but I think that doesn't translate for people who aren't writers. But like my uh-huh. epic fantasy books are about 120, 130,000. So this would be like five of those. <laughs> and it yes, takes they take me yes. years to write. So yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's, that's like, yeah, that's like eight. That's an eight book series. Right yeah. there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I've only read 26, you've read 39. That's I think those are both pretty respectable numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm trying to really fin- finish like several here in the last couple of weeks of the year. <laughs> yeah, me you. too. I would like to hit 42, I think. Yeah. That's a good number. Mm -hmm. I think my goal for the year, for this year was 30, if I can at least hit my goal. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to. Now, let me, I don't know if I've ever asked you this before. Do you read multiple books at a time? I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's sometimes bad. (laughs) Same. Well, I've had books that I started years ago and it wasn't Mm -hmm. that I hated them, but then something shiny happened. And so I have a lot of unfinished things that I didn't hate, but it's like... Do I go back? That seems awkward. It's going to like know that I wasn't reading it. <laughs> the thing for me with those, because that happens to me a lot, but I go back and I'm like, okay, I've already read 100 pages out of 400. 
Yeah. I don't want to reread the first 100 pages again. However, I don't remember what happened. (laughs) Same. Oh my gosh, that's such a problem. This, okay, this is a really secret bad shame. Several years ago, I got this book. It's a self-help book, so I'm not going to name it because it's stupid, but... I got it in hardback and I really wanted to read it. I was very excited, but I kept getting distracted. And I also felt like this is like triggering a lot of emotion for me. So Mm. it's hard to get through. And so it's still sitting on my nightstand from years ago. And I just saw like Facebook memories of a photograph that I took of the cats in my bedroom. And that book is the only (laughs) book sitting on the nightstand. And it's like, it was from like seven years ago. (laughs) Like. Do I ever go back and actually finish reading that book? Uh, it's up to you. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or I could sell it, make someone else happy. There you go. <laughs> Since we've begun talking about books, do we want to do our top three to five books that we have read this year? Yeah. So I I only did my top three, but if you have top five, you go for your top five and then I'll chime in with my top three. So. Okay. Awesome. Do you want, so do you want me to go first? Yes, you go ahead. Okay. So the first one, I have talked about this on the show. It was the Murderbot novella. Oh, yeah. And I'm probably going to read more of those in 2022, which I can't believe I'm saying that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And then my second one, these are also in no particular order, just probably order I thought of them. (laughs) Yeah. My second one, I haven't finished, but it's, it's helped me a lot through this year. I've been reading... A collection of Mary Oliver poems. Oh. And I I don't love to read poetry like cover to cover, like in a week or two. It I sometimes read a couple a night uh-huh. for a couple weeks and then I'll put it aside for a little bit and I'll go back to it. But it's a lot of like nature imagery and it's just I feel like it's helped me a lot in the pandemic, just grounding my me and thinking about language and nature and all of that good stuff, you know? Yeah. And then I have This Is How You Lose the Time War, which I listened to. And have you heard of this one? The name is vaguely familiar, but okay. yeah, tell me more. It's a sci-fi about these two people and they just get called red and blue and they're on opposite sides of a time war. So they're trying to like rewrite narrative threads. And it's actually, it's really good. It's short. But it's one of those ones that I listen to and I think I'm going to read read for myself on paper or Kindle because I think I need to put a little more brain power into it. Mm. But it was really good. Oh, that sounds really interesting, actually. That sounds like it might be up my alley a little bit. Actually, yeah, I do think so. Yeah, you might want to check that out. Cool. And then I have Heroes in Crisis, which is a graphic novel. And I thought this took a really interesting approach because... It's it's about superheroes. It's a DC comic. And you see them save the world and go through all this traumatic stuff all the time. But you never see them, like, recover from that. Mm. So this is about a recovery center somewhere out in the Midwest where they can, like, talk about their trauma and go through different mental health things to recover from all of the crap they go through. <laughs> and there's also, like, a murder mystery time travel thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> Because you can't do like a can't do a superhero story without something like that. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was really good. And then the, my last one is the Afterward by E.K. Johnston, who I'm a big fan of. And this is a this is a fantasy story, but it's sort of like it's interesting because it comes after 
big quest, which is why it's called the afterward. Like you've got a couple characters and mostly women, which is awesome. And they all went on this big quest. So you have flashbacks to that time. And then you have the present day storyline of them again, like recovering and rebuilding their lives and um, figuring stuff out after after the traditional end of the story, which I thought was was pretty cool. Oh. So yeah. Cool. Those are my top five for the year. Nice. Yeah. How about your three? Yeah. So I was going to, I we didn't consult each other before. We should have had <laughs> the same number, but it doesn't matter. The problem with my reading this year was I read a lot of textbooks that are mm-hmm. heavy and about like social theory and, and blah, blah, blah. And then for fun, I read a lot of comfort reading continuing the Heathcliff Lennox cozy mystery series. Mm -hmm. And because I read all of those in a big blur, (laughs) I actually can't differentiate plots on all of them. So (laughs) I'm just gonna exclude my textbooks and exclude that series. Okay. So I've actually talked about all three of these on the pod. Nice. And these are not in any particular order either. But the final girls support group by Grady Hendrix, which we just talked about. Mm -hmm. That was really good. And Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo, which we talked about here and also on the Inked Film Podcast. Yeah. I just got really, I think because I read that so fast and I was like, I made kind of playlists to listen to while I read <laughs> it that were evocative of the of the book. Yeah. I just got really deeply into it. And yet nice. I don't have any particular desire to continue the series. <laughs> I think that's okay. Is that okay? Yeah. I think that kind of makes sense. Like this book was one experience and that's enough for you. Yeah. That's enough for me. And I may I may continue watching the show mm-hmm. on Netflix, but I just I feel like there's just it it's not precisely the kind of thing that I would have necessarily sought out yeah on my own. You're not a big like high fantasy person. I'm really not. Yeah. I do I but I always like it when I do read it. So I think maybe I should seek out other things that are similar, but maybe not continue that series. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then my definitely, though, this is definitely my top one favorite book this year is Kiss Me Deadly by Jesse Thomas, which is urban fantasy, which is very much more my yes. my happy playground area. <laughs> and it was a big surprise because I had just randomly stumbled upon her promoting her book on Twitter and followed her on Twitter. And it was it came at the moment when I was looking for something like that to read. Mm -hmm. And it was it hit all of the good notes in urban fantasy for me with a little bit of paranormal romance. Yeah. And I'm actually reading the sequel right now called um, Graveyard Dance, I think. Um, Graveyard (laughs) Waltz. Okay. (laughs) And I just started it like literally last night. So I don't not I don't have an opinion on that yet. But I'm I was like I pre-ordered that the instant she announced it. So <laughs> very cool. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that's awesome. I I think I downloaded the first one. I need to read it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So those yeah, those were all great. And I read a lot of other good solid books, but yeah, a lot of a lot of articles this year. <laughs> <laughs> what about movies? How many do you know how many movies you've seen this year or not? Oh, I did not take count. Okay. I use Letterboxd to Mm-hmm. to keep track of my movie watching mm-hmm. but i don't have a number and also i realized i haven't really watched a lot of movies especially in the past couple months mm-hmm. i was more into tv this year i think same for sure i do have a top five okay how about you i have a top three okay 
I did keep track of how many, and I ha- I watched 29 movies so far this year. Okay. Not all of them at, at home, but I think the only thing I saw in the theater this year was Black Widow. Cool. So, which was a good one, and that's on my list. It, yeah. <laughs> I bet we'll have some over some overlap, at least, even if it's not on my list, it'll be something that I did like. So yeah, yes. I'm excited to hear. Yeah, awesome. Well, mine are three of these I've talked about on pod. So one is Black Widow, mm-hmm. another is Gunpowder Milkshake, yes. and the third is Shadow in the Cloud, which is yes. that weird World War II fantasy one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other two I have on here are... Absentia, which is Mike Flanagan's first film. And it's lower budget, but I think it was available on Amazon Prime when I watched it. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. It's sort of a horror update on Three Billy Goats Gruff, which I haven't really read in a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't want to really tell you the plot line of that too much, but I think it shows a lot of promise and and if you like that, I think you would like some of his other later films. Okay. And then my last one is just Moana, because it's the first time I watched it all the way through this year. Oh. Yeah. It was delightful. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes I will watch a Disney or Disney-adjacent movie on New Year's Eve if I'm not going out. Hmm. And I think that that was how I saw Moana for the first time. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Fun. What about you? Yeah, I only I only did three again, but I didn't. I deliberately did not pick Gunpowder Milkshake or Black Widow because I I figured they would be on your list, and they are <laughs> definitely. If I did do five, I think those would be my my other two. So yeah, I think I talked about some of the. I can't remember which of these I talked about on the pod. I know I talked about Bo Burnham's Inside, which is kind of a film, kind of a comedy special. It was shown in theaters for a little bit, okay. um, but it was primarily on Netflix, and it's the one of the three that it's different. And it is very, it's really funny. It's kind of dark. It's very of its moment of pandemic isolation. So I felt like it was important to kind of acknowledge that. And it it did impact me emotionally pretty deeply this year. So Mm -hmm. I felt like it warranted a spot on here. But the other two are just pure candy. (laughs) And they were Freaky, which is the mashup of Freaky Friday and Friday the 13th. Okay with Vince Vaughn playing a teenage girl for quite a bit of the film. (laughs) And I just thought that worked because it was just this perfect blend of comedy and horror and kind of action thriller. And I just haven't seen something that fun in a minute that is kind of those genres. Like, I really love Mm -hmm. the Scream movies, and I'm very excited about the next Scream movie. So it just kind of hit all those notes for me. And... Yeah, so it's really fun. And then Red Notice, which I just saw just the other week, and it has really, really, really bad reviews. Oh, Have you seen that? I haven't. No. Or at all? Mm-mm. Okay. It is a comedy pulp adventure action movie with Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds, okay. and they are all really, really funny and charming together. And it has a lot of Indiana Jones moments. It has a lot of like Ocean's Eleven moments, and it's it's just really pithy and witty, and yet there are a lot of plot holes in it. And I even <laughs> sat there watching it, saying things like, "Well, that would never happen that way because of X, Y, and Z." Really, really obvious, like third grader stuff. Like a third grader would know that wouldn't work. Wow! But okay. it, they went ahead and put it in the movie, and I think that's why a lot of people gave it bad reviews. Yeah. But at the same time, like 
I like all those people and I like them together cracking mm-hmm. a lot of really dumb jokes. So like, I don't know. There you go. That's all, Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. It really, it really worked for me. I mean, don't go into that thinking you're going to get any smarter because you're not. <laughs> so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it will not edify you. It will not bring you to tears. It will not like inside made me think so hard and mm-hmm. feel so many feels. And Red Notice, I think like bits of my brain may have fallen out watching that, but I enjoyed the process. Yeah, I think there is absolutely room for both of those kinds of movies in our lives, mm-hmm. in our entertainment yeah. lives. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what? I didn't have a lot of desire to see that movie because I didn't really know what it was about. But now I might. Yeah. I think I'm going to watch it because because of you. Thank you. Yeah. I think I actually think you would really enjoy it. And just to give you the barest, thinnest plot summary, that Ryan Reynolds is an art thief, and The Rock is a like I think he's an FBI agent on his pursuit, and then Gal Gadot is a rival art thief, and they're all in search of these like Fabergé style eggs that Mark Antony made for Cleopatra. Okay. So that is literally all you need to know going in. <laughs> Hilarity and hijinks ensue. Awesome. So. Sounds like a good time. Yes. It is very much a good time. <laughs> yep. But I want to give a little final shout out again to Gunpowder Milkshake because I do think that was that was a really, really also fun movie. It reminded me of things that I used to like, especially like Quentin Tarantino films. And it does have that neon aesthetic. So it has a lot of like interesting retro feel to it. And it is very girl centric and and it was just really fun. So I did enjoy that too. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it as well. Yeah. That was fun. Adjacent to movies is TV shows. So let's talk about those. I also have five this time. Actually, technically I have four and then I added The Masked Singer because it was on your list. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I want to tell you really quick about Mm -hmm. you were saying just before we start recording that you don't have a good way to keep track of your TV viewing. Yes. So I'm going to tell you about this app. Tell me all about it. This is how I track movies and TV. Okay. It's called TVST and it is free. I I upgraded to get rid of ads, but I think it was like $1.99 when I did that. Okay. And it's just a very like basic tracking app for movies and television that you either want to watch or you have watched. I don't remember if there's a way to review them, but it also links to IMDb, so if you are like who is that person, you can real quick like click a thing on it and flip over to IMDb get that info. It's got literally everything in it. So like even super old stuff that I'm watching, all the episodes are in there. They're in there correctly. Yeah. And like I use it every time I watch TV episode, I track that episode. And then the other cool thing is that it gives you, it doesn't give you everything. Like it's not as stat heavy as I would like, Mm -hmm. but you get your current top 10 shows, genres, and networks. Okay. That's cool. Which is Amazing. Yeah. So what I have is the top 10 shows that I watched the most this year. And I would say that they are probably also among my favorites. So I'm just going to go with that. Sure. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Quick question. Yes. I'm I'm looking it up TVST. Mm-hmm. And I just keep finding something called Tract, T-R-A-K-T. But I can't find oh. something. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's not in your... Yeah, I have an Android. Oh, it might just be an an iOS thing. 
That's too bad. Boo. Listeners, if you know of an Android compliant tracking of TV and movies app like TVST, please let us know. There's got to be something. Yeah, I think you can track TV shows on Letterboxd. Okay. But I just, I feel like I want to keep it just for movies. So I might, I'll, I'll look up something. I'll find something. Yeah, yeah. The stats that you get in this are fun. So I do enjoy that. Awesome. You like stats a lot. I do. Which is cool. Yeah. Well, tell us your top 10 then. Okay. These are, so these are not necessarily my absolute favorites. They are what I watched the most of this year, but it'll give you, I think it's like the overlap is very there. So this was the year that I finished watching The Good Wife, which was on for like a billion seasons. So (laughs) I watched a goodly chunk of it toward the beginning of 2021 to kind of finish it up. And I did enjoy that a lot. That was one of those shows where I didn't super love the very early seasons when I first saw them. I thought it was a little too soapy. Mm -hmm. But as it got, I I pushed through because I watched all of The Good Fight also this year. I watched that first. And then I went ahead and pushed through with The Good Wife. And it got less soapy as it went on and more, more about the intrigue of the almost corporate elements of being in the law firm. Mm-hmm. And that, those storylines I liked a lot more. Okay. And some of the legal cases and stuff. So I, I enjoyed that. So The Good Wife and The Good Fight are both on this list. And I did watch a lot of those. I, I remember early in the year, I got very like, should I be a paralegal? Like, should I? And it's like, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yes. No, you're <laughs> just watching too much of these legal shows. <laughs> and then The Americans, I watched all of The Americans this year. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I mean, there was a couple times I watched two in one day, which is a lot. And then you were like, maybe I should become a spy, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I will say the good fight and the good wife make being a lawyer in Chicago seem very stylish and interesting. The Americans did not make being a spy seem fun or interesting. <laughs> it made it seem stressful and dangerous and mm-hmm. bad and soul crushing. So, yeah. And then The Masked Singer was, of course, on there. Although I actually am not caught up. I told Mm -hmm. you I was going to catch up recently. And I ended up not. I don't know. I'm not that I'm losing enjoyment, but I have watched a lot of it this year. So yeah, I think that's totally fair. Yeah, I think all of us and I'm including our friend Rachel, because we have a a little group message about The Masked Singer. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I feel like we used to watch them as soon as we could after they aired and now we're just like oh we'll get to them yeah it happens which is dangerous because then i think we get the the propensity or potential for getting spoiled is higher so i have to remind remind myself of that i did get spoiled for some stuff yesterday and i was so mad and then i'm like this makes me not want to watch it and i think that's the other problem too yeah that's true yeah but it has been really fun and i i'm gonna keep watching it and it is enjoyable and it's one of those things that it's just silly and comforting kind of like great british baking show and and things like that yeah so yeah and then i rewatched new girl this year i tend to with my husband we always will have i mean i don't know when we started doing this but we have always like a classic sitcom that we're rewatching that we work on and it was new girl and new girl is just one of those that's so cute and so silly and comforting and like it's a little bit smart and by the time the series ends, I was like having feelings, even though I've seen it before and I already <laughs> knew how it would end up. It just was like, oh, they love each other. They're all so cute. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it's dumb. No, I get that. Yeah. And then I also, this year I finished The Magicians, which I had waited 
to finish that final season and I waited for the final few episodes because I knew it would be emotional. And that was a show that I didn't initially like. And then somewhere in like season two or three, I was like, wait a minute, this is getting really good. And it was a similar thing to New Girl where it was like, oh, they all love each other and they all support each other. And they're all, even though it's like a completely different genre, but it's one (laughs) of those, you know, urban fantasy, contemporary fantasy series with a team of friends who fight evil together. And I just, that's my jam. That That is is your jam. jam, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. And Superstore was another one that also ended this year. And that was, I don't know, like, that's a dark horse. Like, I don't think people really, with workplace sitcoms of the past 20 years, I don't think that's been on a lot of people's radar. Mm -hmm. But it got consistently funny. And I think it dealt with some really heavy issues in realistic ways, while still being cute and funny. And it also revealed some stuff about like, the corporatization of retail and how that's not awesome. (laughs) And (laughs) anybody who's ever worked any kind of retail or customer service position can I think relate to a lot of the weird stuff you have to put up with. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I have to go back and because I think I watched the first three seasons. Uh And then I just sort of lost it while it was airing and I was finding it hard to catch up. Yeah. So maybe I'll go back and do it. But yeah, it's very relatable if you've ever worked retail. (laughs) Yeah. I think actually also that's the point where it starts to get really good. So I think you'll enjoy the way the series wraps up. Okay. Yeah. And then my other two are like totally different. One is Star Trek Discovery, which Mm. I am not the hugest Star Trek person, but I think Discovery is the most... Obviously, it's the most contemporary because it's on now, but it's it's more inclusive. It's a little bit more relatable. There's a lot of female characters. There's a lot of, you know, we're a team and we're bonding and we're fighting <laughs> bad things together. So, of course, yes. I like that. Yeah. And yeah, it's just this season, though, I have to say the current season that's airing right now is a little bit dark. Okay. And I'm noticing a lot of like COVID analogies in it. Mm. Which I think it's good that they're doing it. It's set so far in the future that they can't actually address it. But Star Trek series and films have always really been about the actual time period in which they're produced Mm -hmm. in practice. And they make analogies. And I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. But it also makes for a little bit of sad storylines that in some cases, ooh, it's getting me choked up just talking about it. So, Oh, no. Okay. It's fine. But it's still very good. And there's still some things that are cute about it. And I will say that the addition of a character's cat in the show has <laughs> only increased my enjoyment of it. Amazing. So, okay. I will look forward to that. There was an episode where I was like, wait, where did he put his cat? And I got very worried about the cat because <laughs> they were going into like danger. And my husband had to be like, she's fine. They put her somewhere safe. She's got a little escape hatch. And they would rescue her with a beacon. It's like, okay, that's not true, but thank you. (laughs) And then my final top 10 of how much I watched it was Good Girls. Okay. And that also wrapped up this year. I will say that that, the last season of that, did not strike my fancy as much. Okay. But for the overall series, I did enjoy it a lot. It's pretty different from some things that I generally watch. The leads are really funny. It's an interesting mix of comedy and crime drama. And I think it it just sort of petered out in a way that I didn't super love. But I, gotcha. I generally enjoyed it. I wish that they'd had one more season. And I think then it could have wrapped up better. So. Okay. Good to know. 
I have watched, I think, the first two seasons, so I, I will keep that in mind when I watch season three. Yeah. Okay. okay. So what were your favorite shows this year or what you watched the most? Yeah. I went with favorite because I don't have stats like you do. <laughs> and I thought of a couple while we were talking. So okay. ones that I've mentioned before, obviously Motherland Fort Salem. Love that one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Girls 5 Eva. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm excited it's coming back for a second season eventually. Hey. Bob's Burgers. Another one of my big ones. Yep. Towards the beginning of the year, and I have to get back to it, but I was wa- I was like really faithfully watching Xena a lot, the warrior princess. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So I think I'm like in the middle of season four. Okay. Out of six seasons. I don't think I've really talked about this, but it's one of my consistent favorites is Legends of Tomorrow. It's a DC show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're currently on their seventh season. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. They try to do something new with each season, which I think is very cool. Yeah. And then a couple new ones that just started that I would love to talk about on the pod eventually mm-hmm. are Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Which is, yeah, a Marvel show with Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton and yeah. Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. And I think she is very charming and winning. Cool. <laughs> and they have a very interesting dynamic because he mm-hmm. just sort of reluctantly takes her on as a mentee, kind of. Mm-hmm. And she's just, like, super eager. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun to watch. Cool. And then another one is Wheel of Time, oh. which is a fantasy show on Amazon. And it is great. I'm loving it so much. I think when we're recording this, there have been six episodes out out of eight. So when we fin- when it finishes, I think I would love to talk about it more in depth on the pod. So those are mine. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. What about music? I know you said that you didn't listen, you didn't use Spotify as much, but Spotify does still give a end of year Spotify wrapped, which is always, always fun in my opinion. And yes. I pretty much exclusively use Spotify for my music listening. So did you feel like your Spotify wrapped was at least accurate, even if you're not using it as much anymore? Yeah. And the reason I am not using it as much is my dad shared his Amazon music with me. And there are no okay. ads. So nice. I only have the free version of Spotify. And I really uh, like okay. the no ads listening experience. <laughs> yes. I have Spotify Pro, so I don't get ads on my Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> but I will still listen to it. Like, I have it on my tablet if I'm doing dishes or something, stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. very accurate. It's just, I stopped using it a couple months ago. So it has a lot, a good portion of the year. Okay. What would you like? Well... Okay, so what I did was I, first of all, I use Spotify in ways that are weird. And so my wrapped thinks I really love jazz and electronic, which I do genuinely, but it's, I don't listen to jazz and electronic, like in my car or if I'm cooking or something. Yeah. Those are times when I listen to more like vocal music that's a little more quote unquote me, I guess. But it thinks that my favorite artists are Harry Connick Jr. and Dave Brubeck and <laughs> stuff is like, which I enjoy, but that's like work from home music. <laughs> yeah. So so I tossed those and I looked okay. at what my top 10 songs were that are more, more obvious, like driving in the car songs, I guess. Okay. But they're still weird. They're still not yeah. quite. So I don't know. I feel like I need to use Spotify differently next year to get maybe more inclusive data i don't know but i do have the top 10 songs so okay um, what what data did you pull from yours 
I pulled the top five songs. Okay. My audio aura, which I think is funny. Oh, yeah. My top genres and my top artists. Okay, cool. Well, what I can do is I can, yeah, I'll share some of that and then yeah. I'll, I'll just knock it off at my top five. So we're, we'll be okay. even there. So yeah, what was your audio aura? My audio aura is hopeless romantic and focused. <laughs> but hopeless <laughs> romantic is like, it's pink and it's a lot more of the... I think it's a bigger percentage than focus. Okay. Okay. <laughs> My audio aura was uh, sentimental and motivation. Okay. And I think the motivation and focused, I think those are probably similar and they're probably things that we're listening to when we want to be working or something. Yes. I don't... Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. But sentimental, I don't know that I feel like a sentimental person, but maybe, hmm. yeah. I feel like Hopeless Romantic is kind of spot on. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And then what were the what were the other things that you pulled? Top five songs and then top five genres and top five artists. Okay. Well my top okay, my top artists are still in that mood thing, so I'm gonna mm -hmm. kinda skip that one. But my okay. my top five genres were interesting because it was number one was New Wave. So okay. like early, early 80s alternative type post-punk music, which is okay, of course. Cool <laughs> jazz, which is my focus music. <laughs> Classic rock, also okay. not a huge surprise. Soundtrack, which that's because of focus music. That's listening to mm -hmm. movie cinematic scores. And also like, I listen to the Twin Peaks soundtrack quite a lot <laughs> as focus music. Okay. <laughs> But then the one that I had to even look up and I did not know what this meant or how to pronounce it was Baleric. It's, oh. it's spelled B-A-L-E-A-R-I-C. And it's a kind of like European electronic dance music, but it's Italian. Oh. And I didn't think I had any of any Italian electronica on. Um, I had like the Norwegian space disco guy was my top artist, Prince Thomas. But he's hmm. Norwegian. Yeah. So I don't know if certain tracks get coded with multiple genres and there was just a random confluence. But I listened to a lot of Norwegian space disco, like a ton. So <laughs> I think it just gets coded with that. But that was yeah. the weirdest thing I got. So Interesting. Yeah. Mine were all pretty standard. Mine top is soundtrack because I listen to a lot of those, especially video game or fantasy show stuff while I'm at work, but also while I'm writing. Yeah. And then we have pop rock, indie folk. And I thought indie folk would be a little bit higher. Yeah. And then electro pop, which I was a little bit surprised about. And then indie oh. pop. Okay. So. I see all of those for you. Yeah. 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 Pretty standard, I think. <laughs> yeah. And then you don't want to do your top five artists, right? Just because they were too skewed in my focus music, because okay. I don't think they were really my top favorite artists. They were just the people I happen to listen to a lot. Right. Do you have a top artist who is maybe not number one, but like the first in your list that would be your favorite or? Um, no, because they all are, all my top five are focus based music. Okay. So, I mean, number one was Prince Thomas and that was pure focus music. Okay. I do enjoy his work, but it was not stuff I listened to in a way that was active listening, what I would say. So, yeah. Gotcha. But you, you can do your top five favorite artists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My obviously number one, what do you think it is? Taylor Swift. Yeah, it is Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Number two is the Cranberries. Oh, nice. Yeah. Number three is the Newton Brothers, who they do the scores for the Mike Flanagan TV shows and things. Oh, So I was listening to a lot of, like, The Haunting of Hill House and stuff. Oh, nice. Number four, I think, got kind of skewed. It's Brad Derrick, who is a composer, and he did some of the Elder Scrolls scores. Mm-hmm. And I, there was a time when I was listening to those a lot, and I think it put that a little bit higher than I expected it to. <laughs> <laughs> and then number five surprised me a little bit, but not that much. It just surprised me that she's so high, but Brandy Carlisle. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I've heard really good things about her, and everything that I've heard of hers I have enjoyed, so yeah, I should probably give her a bigger listen. Yeah, you should. Cool. It's good. I just didn't think I'd listen to her that much. <laughs> but maybe you did. I mean, that was yeah. the thing is that I was kind of surprised of like, oh, did I actually listen to that and enough to chart that high? But I mm-hmm. guess, you know? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Well, so let's play a little game with my top 10 more vocal <laughs> songs, okay. because I have my prediction is that you will have heard of heard of none of these and i want to prove myself wrong (laughs) by believing that maybe you'll have heard of some of them so i'm just going to say the title and artist without the year or genre all right and if you know the song and i'll just keep a little score here okay okay because because i think you think that i only listen to really old stuff no i don't think that i'm not saying it's not true no i'm not saying it's not true (laughs) but apparently this past year it has skewed a little bit older so okay okay so Okay, we're just going to name song and artist. So Keeping the Dream Alive by Munchner Freiheit. No. Okay. That was from 1988. It's a pop song. That's when I was born. Oh, good grief. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps, Perhaps, Perhaps by Cake. I've heard of Cake, but I don't know that song. Okay. That's a cover of a much older song. That was from 96. It's alternative. Romeo's Tune by Steve Forbert. No. (laughs) Okay, that's from 1979. That's a soft rock song. <laughs> Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel. I I know Peter Gabriel. I don't know if I know that song. Okay, that's from 1977. It's a prog pop song. How Soon Is Now by The Smiths. Uh, same thing. I know, I've know. i heard okay. of The Smiths. I don't know that song. Okay, that's from 85. That was the theme song of the original Charmed show. Oh. So, yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe it's one of those things I'll recognize if I hear it. Probably, actually, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Lips Like Sugar by Echo and the Bunnymen. No. <laughs> That's from 87. Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. Is that the one that plays at the end of uh, one of those 80s movies? Breakfast Club or something? Yes, it is the theme song from The Breakfast Club. Yes, I know that song. You know that song. I didn't know. I don't know the artist. Okay, Simple Minds. My Favorite Game by The Cardigans. No. Okay. But I, I think I've, ha- I've heard of the cardigans. Okay. That's from 98, so that's not as old. Ooh. It's still pretty old. I'm Free by the Soup Dragons. No. Okay. That's from 1990. That's a cover of a Rolling Stones song. Okay. And High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. I've heard of Panic at the Disco. I don't know that song. <laughs> oh, that's only from 2018. So that's the newest song on there. So you only knew one of the songs out of 10. So that mm-hmm. that's... Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. We do have much different tastes in in music, I think. Well, I but but a lot of stuff that you like, I do also like. I think just yes. not maybe to the degree. And I feel like when I've shared some music with you, you've enjoyed it. But it's a similar phenomenon where it's like mm-hmm. maybe not to the degree. So yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, I think what I want to do this year is be a little bit more seeking out newer stuff and be a little bit more exploratory. There's been years where my top artist is like Billie Eilish or Mm. Lana Del Rey or somebody a lot more current. And I just feel like for whatever reason, well, I mean, I know what the reason is because everything is terrible and the world is on fire. I have not had the energy that I usually do to seek out newer music. Yeah. And so it's been recommending me a lot of stuff that it knows that I like a lot of. So I'm... I think that makes sense. I think I'm going to be a little bit more proactive. Yeah. So... But I love music. It's a huge part of things I consume, and it matters a lot to me in this kind of very personal way. So yeah, I want it to be a little bit more recommending me new stuff, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I tend to get in routines, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I've been listening to the Wheel of Time soundtracks <laughs> for a couple mm-hmm. weeks. <laughs> yeah. And I do that for a couple weeks, and then I listen to the same stuff. So I think probably Amazon Music too has data to recommend me. I just don't take it as often as I should. Or I don't know if should is the right word. But yeah, I should seek new stuff out sometimes. Yeah, I will say my friend introduced me to a musician named Griff, who I really like. Hmm. And then through that, Spotify recommended me Zoe Weiss. And yeah, those were two of my top, top artists personally, like I would say I listen to them a lot. And I like them a lot this year but yeah so it's it's good to listen to friends a and b (laughs) sometimes spotify like is accurate about what you will like yeah i mean i think sometimes spotify if you do like listen to it and give it enough data it knows you better than you think you know yourself and you find pleasant surprises along the way but you do Mm -hmm. have to kind of train it really well i made a twitter joke the other day that i sort of just vaguely like Elvis Costello and Spotify thinks I really like him. (laughs) And yet whenever I do play a song that they recommend, I'm like, well, this is great. Why am I so... And so I don't know. I think we have weird... I I do sometimes think people have conscious like dislikes that are not true to their subconscious. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to listen to that subconscious a little bit more. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. And I I do think I need to read more books in the coming year. Mm. And I would love to be able to go to more movies, especially if things continue to, well, if things start to improve, they're not currently good, but hopefully they (laughs) will improve. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. And since you have sort of a long-ish commute, I would recommend audiobooks if you want to read more. Yes. Mm -hmm. I will say, yes, I actually, I am listening to the audio of the first Murderbot book. Nice. And I'm also listening to a very weird audiobook, which I will give a final shout out to before we close out. And I got to get the title here. Hold on. Okay. It is, it's very different from what I usually listen to, but it's pretty entertaining. Um, It's called A Libertarian Walks Into a Bear by (laughs) Matthew Hongoltz Hetling. Okay. And it's a nonfiction book about, the subtitle is The Utopian Plot to Liberate an American Town and Some Bears. And okay. it is a nonfiction book about a town in New Hampshire that was, this was in the past like 10 years, that a group of libertarians decided to take the town government over and all live there. And they were going to have this utopian government-free society. Okay. But what they did not factor into was that the town had a very large bear population <laughs> and the bears were prone to attacking 
small animals and even humans. Oh, wow. And so things go very badly. Oh, geez. Okay. That sounds interesting. It is very interesting. It's not like, and actually it's sort of funny in some places, but it is sort of like a long form journalism piece. So, okay. Yeah. But that's been, that's been interesting to listen to on my long drive. I can imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, cool. I put that on my list. So thank you. Cool. You're welcome. Yeah. But yeah, I need to listen to more audiobooks and we could probably have a whole another episode about the podcasts that we listen to, Mm -hmm. but we'll maybe save that for another time. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. We've been talking for a long time. (laughs) We have. (laughs) Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at KWTaylorWriter. And me at Carrie Gessner. And you can find us together on Twitter at PausePopPodcast. You can email us at PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. And you can find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com. And from there, you can find the link to our merch store. It may be too late to get it in time for the holidays this year, but maybe somebody has a January birthday that you need to get something for. Yeah, think about that. (laughs) Yeah. And please, if you were enjoying our podcast, rate us and review us on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.